For the second time this offseason, we preview an intra-conference transfer that came to North Carolina. Pat Kilby, is Cormac Ryan going to bring the sharpshooting to the Tar Heels that they really need after having the second worst team three-point percentage in program history? We about to find out. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, what's up? It's Wednesday, September 6th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked On Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, joining me as he does every single Wednesday is our guy, Coach Pat Kilby. Coming at you from the Oklahoma City, Oklahoma area. Pack, we're holding down that Midwest, baby. Yes, sir. For all our, uh, <laughs> hey, it makes more sense now that the uh, we just we were ahead of the ACC expansion, right? We we knew it was happening. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we want to welcome you into Locked On Tar Heels, where you get your team every day. Man, it's good to be together. Pack, we're carrying on our roster preview series. It's been going since early July. We've gone through the freshmen already. Elliot Cadeau, Zayden High. We moved on to the freshmen, Seth Trimble, Jalen Washington, the juniors, Harrison Ingram, James Aconquo. <laughs> All these duos. It's so wild. The only scholarship senior, RJ Davis. We've gone into the grad transfers of which there's a, uh, a ton. I don't know how you what you call it, but Jalen Withers, Paxson Wojcik are who we've looked at so far. And today we move on to Cormac Ryan. Now, if you missed any of those other episodes, make sure you go back and check them out. Um, and I'm going to point to it right up. There is the link to the playlist. So make sure you do that. So, uh, Pack, again, today we uh, have our second in ACC transfer. Obviously, Jalen Withers, the other coming over from Louisville. Um, although now I guess Harrison Ingram is technically an in-conference transfer too, huh? Uh, although not till next year, but that, that would be a wild thing. We might even play Stanford this year. I think they are in, uh, Atlanta, in the Atlantis bracket with us. So that'd be interesting. Anyway, Pack, as we always do, would you hit us with Cormac Ryan's bio information and then just kind of update us on his recent stats? Sure thing. So we've got uh, Cormac Joseph. Ryan coming through. We got us a middle name, baby. Right. Yeah. Um, grad transfer. He spent one year at Stanford, three years at Notre Dame, uh, position shooting guard, hometown, New York, New York, height six foot five, weight 195, jersey number three. No Twitter handle. Instagram handle is Cormac underscore Ryan five. That's pretty close to what we like, right? You know, we like it when there's just the name. Nice, plain, and simple. The underscore always throws me. Man, that's that's a little tough, but, but yeah. we'll, we'll let you have it, Cormac. It's all right. All right, so let's get into some stats. 32 games played last year, 32 games started. 33.9 uh, total minutes averaged. Uh, season high of 40, 12.3 points per game, four rebounds per game. Uh, two and a half assists per game, one and a half turnovers per game, uh, 0.4 blocks, and 1.3 steals per game. Um, this is the good stuff here. 134 for 328 from the field, 41% from the field. Three-point field goal, 63 for 183, which is good for 
a season high of six makes in a game. Free throw, 62 of 75 for 83%. So good free throw percentage. We just need him to shoot more of them. <laughs> exactly. I, th- I think that is a point we need to get to as we talk here. Now, Pac, I know we usually will go straight from these stats into talking like unpacking it, nuancing it. I want to get there. But I think with Cormac Ryan, there's a more important conversation that we need to have first about, and it is something else on court, but it's more an intangible thing that I want to look at. As you look at his bio, one of the things that jumps out to you immediately, at least it does to me, is that Cormac Ryan has been a captain at Notre Dame for each of the past three seasons. And Pac, that immediately made me think of Mac Brown and those one and O Tar Heels, baby. And uh, thinking about, is that something Mac Brown often talks about is he loves bringing in young men to the football team who have been their team's captains because of the work ethic they bring, the leadership qualities they bring. And uh, so I just, as soon as I read that on his bio, I start thinking in Mac Brown terms and I'm like, Man, what does that mean about what Cormac Ryan is going to bring to this team? And Peck, I don't know about you, but I really think one of the big voids on the team last year was leadership. It's not Armando's natural inclination. You know, I think people follow him as a leader just because he's a gregarious guy and he's interesting and people want to be around him. Um, But not necessarily in like a the dude to get everyone in line. You do this. You're here. You know, like not that kind of leader. Same kind of thing with RJ, right? At least that, that we often see in that, that from everything I've been told from inside is true as well. Cormac strikes me as that kind of guy to come in. You know, he's, he's going to be respectful of the leadership that's already there and in place. And the guys that have seniority and have been there, but he's like, listen, this is my last year. I'm not messing around. I'm bringing my, leadership capabilities to the table and we got to do this uh how important pack as you as someone that sees teams interacting day after day after day how important is that type of leadership to a team like north carolina that i think really needs it do you agree or do you not no i absolutely agree they it's definitely a needed trait and i think he brings it and so to go back kind of to the beginning and work my way through Sure. Um, what you were asking, I have multiple friends and uh, trusted people that have seen Carolina practice this fall, and they they literally come out of it ranting and raving about Cormac and the person, the person, yeah, and and the player, but but the right. the leadership he brings, um, they they talk a lot about it. And and here's the thing, you kind of mentioned it, Armando and RJ. I think they're more like lead by action type people and Cormac is too, but Cormac is very vocal and he's very assertive in the right kind of way. He's a great teammate. He's somebody that I've started to learn from people that I've seen him play and practice that you 1000% want him on your team. Mm. You don't want him on the other team. Like he's, I love dudes like that, man. That's like Tyler Hansborough in a nutshell to me. Exactly. Yes. And um, so the leadership aspect is going to be huge. And here's the cool thing about it. He hasn't exactly been on a team that's just been wildly successful. He's hungry to win and he's going to hold everyone accountable to that. And I think he's just a great, great addition as far as the experience and the leadership he brings to the table. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, let me also say a quick word. There is a thunderstorm happening where I'm recording right now. I can hear it. So if you can too, I apologize. If things cut out, folks, uh, we'll splice this back together in post-production as best we can. But um, Pac, something something you said there that I want to hit on as well is Cormac is not coming from a team that has been very successful. Unfortunately, these last couple of years under Mike Bray at Notre Dame have just not been the same. Um, is there concern? Yes, the leadership qualities and capabilities, like they are there 100%. Is there a concern? And this would be for somebody like Jalen Withers, too, who's coming from a Louisville program that just frankly stunk last year. You know, we've got multiple guys like that kind of coming in. Stanford wasn't all that good, Harrison Inger. So, um, are there concerns that we would have, either of us, about? winner's mentality or about what it takes to win or is it just you think that's more circumstantial um i think it's really kind of circumstantial you know it's you know if you're looking at it from a carolina standpoint you got to feel good because we went and then this is my opinion but i think we went and plucked the best player from notre dame i think we went and plucked the best player from stanford we went and plucked one of the best players from louisville yep, yep. i'd say l ellis was probably the best last year yeah Right. And so to me, we get, they've got the talent. And if anything, I think it bodes in our favor because these guys are hungry to win. You can say, yeah, they haven't won before. And there is a learning curve to that. You have to learn how to do that and what it takes. I think these guys know. Um, and I think they're going to bring that they're going to bring that edge of finally having a chance to play on a on a team that has competitive talent. And by that, I mean, enough talent to compete for a national championship, they're going to want to do what it takes to get there. And so I almost look at it as a positive that they haven't won yet uh, because that desire and that hunger for them to do that is going to be there. And that to me is something we've really lacked. Uh, It's almost like, and I'm not dissing any of the players, but sometimes when I watch Carolina the last couple of years, it's almost like there's a sense of entitlement because we're wearing that Carolina jersey. And I want to scrap that. I want to be go back to being fighters and being dogs. And I think these guys are going to kind of bring that to the table. Yep. And when we talk about that mentality, it's it's not as though they haven't won before that that winning mentality. It's not like they haven't won before. Like probably all of these dudes are winning in high school, right? You know, like I, I'm sure we could go back and check on all that. But you know, what I mean, it's like it's just like where they're coming from last year. So I'm with you. I'm not concerned about it at all and the the guys win all the time and Carolina guys have won all the time it's not like they forgot last year right how to win uh at Carolina like because there's school like Arizona could be having the same conversation right now about Caleb Love like oh does he know how to win no it's that's not a thing that's a nothing burger to me Pat Kilby well uh speaking of is it a nothing burger is it something there were a lot of people that were rankled last year about that whole Cormac Ryan Puff Johnson interaction in the Carolina Notre Dame game and were frustrated when uh, Cormac Ryan came to North Carolina because it's like, I don't like him. He kicked Puff. Is that something or is it nothing? We're going to talk about that one in just a second. But before we get there, I need to tell you that this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by eBay. Let's. Re- uh, Forgive me, for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. 
like getting Cormac Ryan, like getting Jalen Withers, like getting Harrison Ingram. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Everything has to fit just right. So next time you need parts and accessories, head on over to eBay Motors. Because with eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your vehicle to My Garage, and then you look for this green check mark to help make sure that the part you're getting will fit, or you get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when it comes to shopping on eBay Motors. Plus, they've got over 122 million parts, so uh, you're going to have the opportunity to find what you need to get you back in the game in no time. After all, it's super easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, and, of course, pack exclusions apply. You got to apply the exclusions there as you're paying attention to this. Hey, want to make you aware, we talked about Carolina being 1-0, got App State coming up this weekend, but every Friday, Locked On is kicking up our college football coverage College football kickoff live each Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern, airing on every Locked On College YouTube channel. Make sure you check it out for all the great stuff that only Locked On can bring you. Great coverage, in-depth coverage, playoff implications, everything. Coming up, check it out this Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Locked On Tar Heels page. All right, Pac, let's go back to last year. Let's rewind to that, that incident with Cormac Ryan. As I look at it, I'll just go ahead and say where, where I'm at. But the question is, is that an issue of, like, I think we're triggered because of what's his butt from Duke. Uh, you know who I'm talking about? Uh, Grayson Allen. Yes, thank you. I'm kind of glad I forgot his name. Uh, because of Grayson Allen and all those tripping incidents. I think we as Tar Heels fans are triggered because of that. Um, because there was kind of that moment with Cormac and Puff Johnson last season. So the question is, is this an issue of Cormac Ryan's a dirty player, or is it like, man, a, a strong, fiery competitor just got caught up in the moment of, of the competition of a game like we've all done? I always say I'm, I'm an incredibly patient person. That's one of the fruit of the spirit God has given me. But man, sports, when I'm competing, it brings out the absolute worst in me, Pac. Are, are you there with me? Oh, 100%. Yeah. And, and so, I listen, I've got no problems with Cormac. I've got no problems with bringing him in. In fact, I, I am of the opinion that that fire that he brings is a win for the Tar Heels. What about you? Yeah, I think it's going to be a win for the Tar Heels. And, you know, it just goes back to what I was talking about earlier. He's somebody you want on your team. He's not somebody you want to play against. He's going to bring the competitive edge. And to me, that's all it was. It was it was competitive edge. It was in the moment. He was competing. It was a bang-bang play, and, and the incident happened. Was I happy about it in the moment? No. Am I happy to have that fire on my team now? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's like a hockey enforcer. You got, you got to have dudes like that to protect – uh, if I can make a Mighty Ducks reference, you need your Fulton Reeds to protect your Adam Bankses. You know what I mean? You remember that? <laughs> sure. And so you need like, it's not like Cormac Ryan is this big, bulking, hulky dude, but somebody that doesn't mind mixing it up a little bit, I can get behind that. Yeah. And to be clear, you know, I, it's not like he has a reputation. He's not. No, he's not, not at all. He just, he plays with a fire and we can use it. We can. 
and we will. That's the other thing is it's like, listen, you get off my freshman point guard right now or I'll end you. Right? Like <laughs> I expect some of those moments of him protecting Elliot, of him like, what are you trying to do to RJ? What, you know, any of that stuff I look forward to. Okay, Pat, it's kind of cool to not just talk numbers. Like I love being able to talk a little bit about what he brings as a person and as a player, as, like his personality in playing. But I do want to get into looking at, at some of the stats and numbers and things about Cormac Ryan. One of the first things that jumped out to me is I was preparing, looking through all his stats. Um, I think we think of him maybe as like, oh man, he's just going to be a three-point shooter. And we'll talk about his three-point numbers. But as you look at some of those averages and season highs, I think there is a good potential for stat stuffing from that two or three position, probably mostly the three. But there, his season high in steals last year was four. Had eight assists one game, nine rebounds one game. You mentioned six made threes in a game. Had seven made free throws one game last year. Career or uh, season high 23 points in a game last year. And so I know he's not doing that game in and game out, but I just look at that, that he's got the capability to do it. And on any night, he's the type of player that's not just hovering around the three-point line like, oh, maybe Elliot or RJ is going to pass me. Oh, sweet. Let's get one up, right? No, he's a guy that's going to do what you need to win. We've already talked about that with that competitive fire and those different stat things that he's filling up. It's not the same thing. It's not quite like in a Danny green sort of way. It's just more that he's got the capability and willingness to go do what needs to be done for the team to win. For sure. And, you know, when you look at it, we've talked about this several other times. Um, we're going to need players that can rebound the ball. Yes. Be smaller. And, you know, he can go do that. He's capable of that. Um, eight assists in a game. We need the unselfishness. We need guys that are willing to give up a good shot to get a better shot. Mm. And, you know, he just really provides. So I, uh, you know, I think, I think he brings a lot of versatility to the table, much needed versatility. And I think that's going to be a huge win for us. Here's an interesting question that uh, I'm, I'm thinking on as you're talking there outside of three-point shooting because that's I, th- I feel like that's the thing we look at and it's like oh he's gonna he's gonna be our three-point you know not savior but a big part of helping solve last year's issues outside of that three-point shooting let's set that aside table it what what is the most important second thing that he brings you know i think he brings some defensive just iq mm. and tenacity. Uh, you know, going back to what we just talked about, just the fact that he can and is willing to do multiple things to help the team win, I view him that way defensively. Uh, like if you watch, go back and watch him play um, at Notre Dame, the dude's taking charges left and right. You know, he's, <laughs> he's just in the right spot. He's got an IQ for what's going on. Uh, he's great at jumping to the ball. He's great at keeping the ball in front. And it's not because he's just some freak athlete that can – keep anybody he wants to in front. He just has a great desire for it. And um, that, once again, that competitive nature and that type of stuff right there is the the stuff that we truly need. And it's it goes back to the leadership and the unselfishness and the willing to do what it takes to win. He brings that defensively. And I think that is going to be a major key for us. And I think that's true whether he's at the three or the two, right? Like with threes, he's probably going to be quicker than the majority of threes he's guarding um, and and able to uh, 
uh, either move with them or better than them. Um, and with twos, he can will be able to overwhelm the majority of them with his size. And so uh, I, I like the capability that he'll bring there on that defensive end of the court pack. Let's do say a couple words about his three point shooting. We would obviously be remiss to, to not talk about it at all. I, I fully believe that he is better than last year's 34% from three. Uh, I would compare it to the conversation we had about Harrison Ingram, where now at North Carolina, he doesn't have to be the guy. He is a guy. He is a dude, but he's one of the guys. He's one of the dudes. And I think that's going to put him in a better position where he doesn't just doesn't have to be the dude anymore. Now, is he going to get to the 41% that he shot his junior year? Maybe, maybe not. But man, if he could be somewhere in between that 34 to 41%, averaging kind of like five attempts a game as he has for his career, man, I, I would I would totally take that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'll say this, you know, I kind of talked about it a little bit earlier about, you know, having some people that have watched Carolina practice. And, you know, they tell me straight up when that practice is over, Cormac goes and gets a drink and then he gets right to his shooting progression workout. Wow. And he's the last one there. And I think I really think deep down that he's he's pushing for a big year and I think he's going to deliver. I think um, it's kind of like you said, you know, he's not the dude anymore. He's a dude surrounded by other dudes. And who will sometimes be the dude. Yeah, absolutely. And he's going to get the looks that he wants and needs. I think he's going to be able to create some on his own. I think he's going to add to his arsenal of not just necessarily being considered a three point shooter, but, like we talked about earlier, being able to get to the free throw line more. And I just expect him to, to be very efficient. And so I, I'm with you. I think I definitely think he's going to be better than that 34%. I don't know that it'll be 41%, but I expect it to be at least 38%. That's kind of my anticipation for him going into this season. Well, as you may well guess, you're going to have an opportunity to prove that when we get to our over-under segment in just a minute. And yes, let's let's reiterate free throw line he's a career 80 percent plus free throw shooter no reason like last year he averaged a career high 2.3 free throw attempts per game i'd love to see that get up to three or so you know much more than that probably isn't realistic especially for somebody that we do want taking a lot of threes but man when he's another you add another 80 percent shooter to this team come on man that is incredible by the way in terms of three points like let's put some context of what he's done from the three-point line in the Carolina context. So in his four years, one at Stanford, three at Notre Dame, he has 212 career three-pointers made. Pack, if he had hit all those for North Carolina, he would be seventh all-time in North Carolina history. That's right in between a guy named Donald Williams and a guy that is now his head coach, Hubert Davis. That is the territory that we're talking about with what Cormac Ryan has done, just to contextualize his three-point shooting. Now, he, this will be his fifth year, so anything above that is, you know, kind of putting him above where those guys were. But, you know, that's what they've all done in their four-year career. So I just think it's helpful context to see where Cormac Ryan is at in terms of just sheer number of total three-point makes. Well, Pac, as we alluded to, I do want to throw some over-unders at you, as we always do. I've also got an interesting lineup scenario to propose to you uh, that we can just talk about what we like and don't like about it. 
Oh, baby, it's the jumbo package coming up in just a second. All right, Pac, we're going to get to our over-unders here in just a second, but I want to ask you this question. The assumption or the thing we've been talking about a lot this offseason is this starting lineup. And I know not everyone agrees with this, but it feels like this is the prevailing starting lineup that the majority of people uh, assume will, will happen. Elliot Cadeau at the one, RJ Davis at the two, Cormac Ryan, who we're talking about today at the three, Harrison Ingram at the four, Armando Baycott at the five. Let me just propose you this option that could come up in a game, depending on like opponent and who you're playing. RJ or Elliott at the one, Cormac Ryan at the two, Harrison Ingram at the three, and then one of the Jalens at the four, Jalen Withers or Jalen Washington, and then Armando at the five. I'm calling this the jumbo lineup because outside, you know, outside of RJ and Elliott, that means you go six, five, six, seven, six, nine, or 10, depending on which of those Jalens you got, and then six, 11 with Mondo. My friend, that is some overwhelming size that can absolutely play those positions. What do you think about my little jumbo lineup proposal here? Well, so I'd be curious what a lot of our listeners are thinking. So definitely put your comments out there. But this is my thought. I think the prevailing the prevailing thought is, like you said, to have that three-guard lineup of Elliott, RJ, Cormac, and then move Harrison Flormondo to the five. Hubert has shown that he's kind of reluctant to do that. It would not surprise me one bit if that was your starting lineup hmm. on the first night. The jumbo lineup was your starting lineup. That wouldn't surprise me. Um, and I honestly, I, I, I would, I even tend maybe to lean towards that. Although I don't necessarily agree with it, but it wouldn't surprise me to see that at all um, until Hubert shows me that he's, you know, willing to do something different. I've got to just go off of what we've already seen. And I wouldn't be surprised to see this lineup out there. And I think it could be an effective one. I, I think uh, so too. You know, I think we we don't lose any integrity in the transition game because I think Withers, Mondo, I think they can run the floor really well. Uh, that's kind of yet to be determined on Washington. When we get a larger sample size of him, we can, we can really see that. Uh, but they're still shooting. They're still guard play. They're still size. So, that lineup offers a lot of, you know, good qualities and tough things to try to guard and tough things to try to stop. You know, when you look at that that five in the jumbo lineup, yeah, and and even I'm I'm not I, I you went somewhere with it different than I thought about. You know, I was just saying like at some point in games, I bet we'd see that. I I hadn't even really much contemplated it as like what about this as a starting lineup potential, and I think you're right about we can only go off of what we've seen and from what we've seen that that in some ways feels more likely than the one that we've been assuming will be the starting lineup. So really interesting points there pack. It's time for over-unders. You ready? I got two of them for you today. Um, one we already teased. So let's go straight to three point field goal percentage. As we said last year, 34%, two years ago, 41%. I'm going to put it right kind of in between those. And we're going to go, I guess it's not right. Well, it is right between those, but 37%. What you got? I'm going to take the over. Um, It's kind of, you know, goes back to what I said earlier. I think he's putting in the work. I think he, he expects a big season from himself. I think Carolina, the team and the fan base is expecting big things from him. 
And I think he lives up to the hype, quite frankly. And I think he's going to get, you know, at, at minimum, I'm thinking 38% from three. What about you? I think this is the first time I've done this, but I'm push. I'm going to go right at 36% smack dab in the middle of the last two years, but I'm fine. I like, I'm good with it. I'd love it to be more, but I'll, I'll take 37%, man. That, that's, that's happy for me. So uh, we'll do that. Now the other over under for us today, this is an interesting one. I don't think I've ever posed you one this way over under third on the team in minutes per game. Does that make sense? What I'm asking? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So is it, I guess, let me make sure I understand this right. If I think he's going to be third, it's a push. I would say it's a push. If you think he's yeah. third, I that's why I said him as third. <laughs> yeah. And you know, obviously I think RJ's probably going to be the one that leads us in minutes per game. Um, and really quite frankly, there's an argument that Cormac could be second uh, just because you know, who knows what Armando is going to do with foul trouble if we try to rest him more than we have in the past. And I think Cormac's going to be an absolute vital piece to what we do. So there's an argument for second, but I think RJ and Mondo edge him barely in minutes and Cormac comes in third. Okay. This is hard for me is why, why I posed this because I think it's, I'm right with you. RJ is no brainer. Number one for me, assuming health and all that kind of stuff. The, the two through four to me is some combination of Harrison Ingram, Armando Baycott, Cormac Ryan. I think Elliott is fifth on the team in minutes per game, but I could also see as he gets more and more and more and more comfortable, he gets more minutes per game as the season progresses. <sighs> but I, I feel like I got to take a push because I, th- well, I think... I, here's what I would love to see is Mondo actually be fourth on the team in minutes per game, but just slightly, slightly behind Cormac and, and Harrison Ingram. I'm going to say over and put Cormac at second in minutes per game, just because of everything we've talked about with his leadership, what he brings to the team, everything he's been working towards for this last year. I, I just think there's such a heavy reliance that the coaching staff will have on him. And so I'm, I'm going to take the over and call him second on the team in minutes per game. Woo. I'm excited for this. Pack. I feel like Cormac is the guy that I've been getting more and more and more excited about for this team. Same. Yeah. I'm very excited to watch him play. You know, there's, there's a lot of unknowns, you know, I'm excited to see how Elliot does in college. I'm excited to see how Harrison Ingram plays with this team and kind of yep. the way his skill set fits in. But yep. By far, Cormac intrigues me the most, and I'm most excited about what he can bring to the table. There's so many question marks, but they could, they hopefully will turn into exclamation points. How about that for a little grammar lesson at the end of the show? It has been great to be together today, folks. Pack and I thank you so much for joining us. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Heels. Follow Pack at Coach underscore K23 or me at Isaac Shade. You can email the show, LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. We'd love for you to submit your questions and things. We're always using those, throwing them into shows and doing things like that. Don't forget to subscribe on audio and video formats. want to thank you every day, as always, for joining us. If you're not, if you're a newcomer, welcome. We're glad you're here. Come on in and join us. It's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. We'll be right back with you tomorrow. But until then... 
Peace. <laughs>